Hello and welcome to the first ever edition of the Arsenal Down Under podcast. Um, my name is Matt and today we'll be discussing the 3-2 win over Aston Villa at home. Um, so most of you will be going to work on a Monday morning. Very, very happy with the result overnight, uh, which I definitely was as well. Um, interesting performance, um, some very good things and some very, very bad things. Um, but I think at the end... You'd take a, a game like that any day of the week. It kept you out of your seat for basically the entire 90 minutes. Um, and the boys showed a lot of fight. Um, sometimes you'd almost rather a game like that than a boring 1-0 win. Um, but yeah, it was just absolutely brilliant to see to see what they could do. Um, I think the performances individually of Genduzi, Abamyang, um, even Klasenac, um, just the leadership qualities that they showed were just superb um, and really just pulled the team over the line. Um, the, the formation to start with um, is always a conjecture point. Uh, there's a bit of bit of conflict between the supporter base at the moment on whether the the midfield is working and whether Xhaka deserves his spot. Um, so we'll just go over the, the starting formation to begin with. Um, so Leno started in goal, which was pretty, pretty straightforward. That was almost expected, uh, even though Martinez had a pretty good game. Midweek, uh, Leno is, is the Premier League keeper, so he's going to keep his spot. Uh, Maitland Isle starts again. Uh, I feel Callum Chambers has been quite unlucky. Um, he's, every time he's played, his performances have been just incredible, but Maitland Isle keeps his spot, which he's probably going to lose now, and by the time he comes back, Hector's going to be back in. So um, it'll be interesting to see how long Maitland Isle has to wait before he gets another go. Uh, Socrates and Louise at the moment are basically choosing themselves. Um, even with the defensive lapses, they're still the best central defenders that we have. Um, and Kolasinac is still doing his thing at left-back until we get Tierney in the fold. Um, the midfield was where it got a little bit interesting. Um, Xhaka has had some poor performances recently. Um, I thought midweek he was actually quite good against Frankfurt. Um, but it, I personally would have preferred to see Torreira starting there with Guendouzi. Um, and then Ceballos playing as the 10. Um, then we had... Saka get his first Premier League start. Uh, super proud of the young kid. Uh, he played really well midweek against Frankfurt also, um, getting a goal. And then we had Aubameyang up top. Uh, Bench-wise, uh, it was interesting to see Ozil on the bench. Um, when you say a player has been rested during the week, um, usually on that following weekend, they're expected to play. Uh, Ozil didn't get any minutes at all, so uh, very unlucky for him. And then bench performances from Chambers, Torreira, and Willock also. Um, the game itself flowed quite interestingly. Um, the first probably 20 minutes, we were, we were on top of the game really. Um, had a few quite good chances. There was one in particular where the ball was sent to Kolasnach at the back post who headed it down for Oba. Um, he just couldn't get his foot on it. Uh, Pepe made a couple of good chances and had a few good runs. Um, so the first 20 minutes or so, it actually wasn't that bad. Um, but then on around that 20-minute mark, we had the, the goal from McGinn. Um, probably the only negative of the day from Guendouzi was the fact that he didn't really mark McGinn in his run. Um, firstly, the ball that's come in, Maitland-Niles, is just he's had a nightmare all day, really, uh, both on and off the ball. But when they've got the ball on their wing and you're right back isn't closing their play down at all and just allows that cross to come in. You're just hoping for trouble. 
Um, but then you could see after the goal that Louise was pretty pretty shitty at Mateo for not tracking his runner um, because you need something to happen there. You either need Louise to step back and track him um, or Mateo to keep going with him or Collar Snatch to step inside. Um, but it ended up that McGinn could just run in, get an easy touch line. I wasn't at fault at all for the goal. There's nothing he could have done. Um, and then you go 1-0 down, which changes the emotion and com complexion of the entire game. Um, one that going into it, I really expected that we might dominate, actually. Um, you'd think that Aston Villa, newly promoted club, coming to such a big club at Arsenal, they probably weren't expecting to get much out of the game. Um, even though they, they do have some individual quality. Uh, Grealish is a very, very good player. Um, and I think Wesley started to um, become accustomed to the Premier League pretty well, and he, he got a, a goal today as well. Um, the next probably 20 minutes was, was pretty even. Um, they had some chances. We had some chances. It was a very open-stretched game. Um, and then at about the 40-minute mark, you had the, the Maitland-Niles sending off. Um Probably deserved it. Um, the first one, definitely a yellow card. The second one was... It was tough because he's gone in, he's slid in, he's won the ball, um, and then the opposing players almost stepped on his trailing leg, um, which is where he got his own injury from. Um, but you've got to be careful. When you're on a yellow card, don't even give the ref the chance to to give you a second one and send you off by, by sliding in like that. Um, and then... The game changed from there, probably for the better, to be honest, for us, because Maitland-Niles was having a shocking game, um, and then you can go into halftime, you can reset, Chambers gets to go on, um, and you can go from there. Uh, Saka was a little bit unlucky um, to come off. His first half was quite good. Um, there was a really nice cross early in the game that Maitland-Niles should have scored from. Um, it was similar to the one that Torreira, the chance that Torreira had against Frankfurt, where he just sort of dinked the ball... Um, into that sort of the edge of the six-yard box, and then Maitland Niles ran in and just skied over the crossbar. Um, and he had another shot as well that was uh, just over the bar. So he, he did his job. Um, you wouldn't look at his performance and think, oh, you don't deserve a starting spot the next time we play. Um, but then again, you also look at the United game and think maybe we need a bit more experience than Saka uh, in there. So Chambers comes on, um, and it, there's sort of an instant change. Um there's a little bit more security at right back. Um, I think the players feel a little bit more comfortable giving the ball to Chambers than Maitland-Niles. He doesn't look super comfortable when he's receiving the ball when he's facing his own goal. Um, and he can often look a bit uh, lethargic when he's playing. And he doesn't give you that intensity that sometimes you need, especially when you're, you're trying to come from behind. Um, then you get to the second half. And the for the penalty... Guendouzi just does absolutely brilliantly. He picks up the ball on the left flank uh, as an intercept and then turns and just drives. It's basically what he did all game. He just drove and drove and drove at their team. Um, he had one shot where he hit the bar and you you could just see on his face the, the disappointment for not scoring. He just You could tell how much it meant to him and how much he wants to win and do well for the club and he, he's just an absolute jet. Um, it's, a, it's a penalty every day of the week. It was a stupid tackle from their defender. Um, and then weirdly, Pepe steps up to take it. Um, I would have expected that Aubameyang would come in and, and pop the first one in, but he's given it to Pepe. He did something similar to Lacazette when he was going through a bit of a, a tough streak trying to score. I think it was last season. Um, so he's given the ball to Pepe and 
Pepe's pulled it through from the spot. One thing I was a bit concerned about was when he took the penalty, Aubameyang was about two or three yards inside the box, um, which should be retaken. Um, luckily for us, it wasn't. Um, and Pepe scores his first goal for Arsenal, which is great to get him off the mark. And hopefully you see a small change in his, his confidence levels going forward now. Um, now that he's got that first goal, he can he can press on and try and get some more. Um, and probably within 60 to 90 seconds, ball goes down the other end and we've conceded. Um, I'd say Callum Chambers was probably at fault for that goal. Uh, the ball's come to him. It was a loose first touch and then he was quite slow tracking back. That's probably one of the negatives of Callum um, is he's not as quick in recovery runs as Maitland-Niles. So if they're both going to be losing the ball five out of ten times, Maitland-Niles will at least be able to recover three of those. Um, but Chambers is pretty much done as soon as an attack is in front of him. Um, good run by Grealish and then Wesley with the finish. Um, I think Louise was a little bit unlucky um, because as he was marking Wesley, he's looked over his shoulder, seen where Wesley was, adjusted his positioning, and then by the time the ball's come in, Wesley's made a great run in front of him and, and just stuck the leg in front. And then at that point, you think, oh, this is not going to be our day. We've just got back in the game and now backs up against the wall again. Um, and then a few minutes go by and we, we make a change, uh, a double change. Willick and Tura are on for Xhaka and Ceballos. Um, pretty good substitution, to be honest, uh, especially the way it, it sort of turned the game. Um, the Ceballos coming off is always an interesting one because he's absolutely loved by the fans because he gives so much intensity. But then you're getting Torreira and Willick as well that come on that bring you that. And Willick sort of gives you the, the technical capacity and Torreira gives you that intensity. Um, and within about 10 minutes of that change, Callum Chambers scores his goal. Um, with the goal, the ball from Guendouzi is incredibly similar to the one he played in for Aubameyang to score uh, his goal. I think it was against Spurs. Uh, so he sort of drives in on that left-hand side, cuts the ball back in, and then loops it around to that back post um, where Chambers attempted to send the ball into the box, took a deflection, and then came back out to him where he's done really well to score from there. Like Absolute credit to him. Um, didn't give up on the play, won the ball back, and then it, it tied a little finish to the back post. Um, and then it's 2-2, and everything changes. The intensity of the team goes up. Sometimes, if you've got a team that comes back from 2-1 down, when they're down to 10 men, they get to 2-2, you take your foot off the gas and you say, look, we'll take the point and we'll go home. But that was not at all what happened during the game. Um, and we just wanted to go on and on and on with it. Um, and then a couple of minutes later, we get the third goal. Um, so... The play leading up to the goal, um, I think Willick was really important there because you've got Pepe and Aubameyang pressing quite high and then Willick wins the ball back straight to Aubameyang who cuts inside. Um, it, it was interesting because after the foul was given, the play sort of went on and Torreira's driven into the box, um, was taken down and then one of their players grabbed the ball almost to stop the play. Um, I didn't hear a whistle, so I thought it was just a handball, but um, it was brought back for the free kick, which was you know, a really dangerous spot. Um, and I think Kolasinac deserves some credit from this free kick as well because he was the one in the wall that created the space and ducked under under the ball to let it go through. Um, and a very, very tidy finish from Aubameyang. Um, I think once we get Lacazette, Aubameyang and Pepe all in the same team, the dynamic and relationship between the three of them will just be absolutely excellent. Uh, you could see when Pepe, when they got the free kick, Pepe was talking to Aubameyang 
uh, basically the whole time. Aubameyang didn't say much. And then Aubameyang's ended up taking the free kick. So you can imagine that Pepe's basically said to him, have a go. You've given me the penalty. You take this one. Uh, which I think is a really good relationship to have because sometimes you've got teams where the egos come in um, and they're all trying to be the big man, take the, the big shot at the end of the game. Um, but I think there's a bit of unselfishness between the three of those guys, which is which is great. Um, and then we go up 3-2 and basically from there see out the game. Um, a few more yellow cards after that. There was one given to Pepe that I'm not exactly sure what it was for. Um, and then Leno obviously gets the one for time-wasting, which is almost a regular these days. Uh, he might actually have to watch that going down the season if he picks up too many cards for time-wasting. Um, and you're not really gaining that much time, whether he takes 15 seconds or 20 seconds with a goal kick. It's not hugely, hugely different. Um, but yeah, 3-2. Great to get the win. Um, a few talking points from the game. Uh, I think Guendouzi was the man in the match for me. Uh, he's had an almost perfect game, apart from the, the not tracking the run of McGinn for the first goal. Um, he's almost been perfect. His passion, his desire, his willingness to drive the ball forward and go at the defence was just... You felt sort of pr really proud of him as a supporter because he's just... He encompasses everything you want one of your midfielders to do. He's just, oh, he cares. He genuinely cares about the team, about the results, and it's not just a, a job where he's getting paid a shitload of money to play some football. He actually wants to do well and has a desire to become a better footballer and do well for the team, which is just absolutely brilliant. Um, I think Ballerin coming back will be absolutely critical to this team and I think today was a perfect example of why that is. Um, you saw the difference in the second half when we played with Aubameyang and Pepe up top as a two um, and I think that when Ballerin and Tierney come back we can always play back three of Socrates, Louise and Chambers and then you've got Ballerin and Tierney that can just run and down, up and down the wing all day long, give you the width you need and then you've got Pepe and Aubameyang who can just take all those chances because they, they definitely seem to play better as a two up top than, than as a three. Um, maybe it was because of the way we were playing and being a bit more aggressive and intense going forward, but it definitely seemed like they they almost preferred to play that because then you've got a Bamiyan coming wide sometimes, you've got Pepe coming out wide, and then there's usually always someone up the middle. Um, I think Villa were actually quite good. Uh, they probably deserved something out of the game, to be honest. Um, they scored two decent goals. They've defended pretty well for the most of the game. They've created 14 shots, uh, nine on target. So when you do that away to a big four club, you probably deserve to get something out of it, especially when they've gone down to 10 men. Um, and they'll probably make that trip home feeling pretty pretty gutted that they didn't get anything out of it. Um, I think we really need to work out a lineup a bit better going into these big games um, against Man United coming up. And we've got a few other big games coming up where we just need to work out exactly what our best 11 is. Um, I think at the moment there's a bit of chopping and changing. Uh, is it Saka? Is it Nelson? Is it whoever playing on the left wing? And then our know, wing backs, I think Tierney and Bellerin will, will take those roles. Uh, so our back four should be pretty pretty sorted. Um, although when Holding comes back, that'll be another, another discussion. Um, and then I think we just need to work out that midfield. Personally, Terrera and Guendouzi as a two. Uh, works for me with Sabias in front of them. Um, I don't have a lot of room for Xhaka in there. Um, but yeah, I think we need to work out exactly what it is that we're doing in there 
uh, before we come into these games against big clubs uh, because they will absolutely tear us apart a lot more than the the Frankfurts and the Villas of the world will. Um, interestingly, Ozil didn't get any game time. Um, I said at the start, it's it's just bizarre. You you get rested against Frankfurt. Um, you'd imagine what he was being rested for was this game um, and probably not Nottingham Forest during the week. Um, I don't know, I'd be a little bit annoyed if I was him because when he has played this season uh, against Watford in particular, he's been quite good. Um, he was quite dynamic in that game, created a lot of a lot of passes um, and a lot of chances. So, I don't know, I'd, I'd be a little bit annoyed if I was him. Um, and it, it'd be interesting to see if he plays against Nottingham Forest because you'd imagine Bellerin holding and Tierney will play. And if you pop Ozil in there as well and a couple of other first-teamers, um, it could be a, a pretty one-sided game, um, which it'll be good to go through, but we don't really need to put all our eggs in that basket and play a full-strength team. Um, the only thing that we're sort of lacking depth-wise at the moment is up top. Um, you've got a Bamiang up there who's obviously one of the best strikers in the world at the moment. And then when Lacazette's out, there's no third option. Um, you feel as if we almost need like a, a big German centre-forward who's not the best technically, uh, but just someone you can chuck on when there's 10 minutes to go in a game or something and you can just lob the ball up to them. Um, and then get the second ball for, for Pepe and, and Ceballos to, to sort of feed off. Um, but at the moment, it's it's basically Pamiang playing 90 minutes wherever we need to. Um, and it's probably going to run in, him into the ground, to be honest, um, if it keeps going on for too long. Uh, we'll go into some, some ratings for the players from the game. Um, we'll start with Leno in goal. Uh, a 7 out of 10 performance from him. Uh, he... Did make seven saves in the end, so that's that's pretty good. There was one very good one at the start of the game from McGinn. Um, but he's also conceded two goals, none of which were his fault. Uh, but when you concede two goals as a goalkeeper, it's hard to get above that 7 out of 10 mark. So he's done he's done most of what he needed to pretty well. Uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, uh, right back. He gets a, a 1 out of 10. Um, stupid tackle for the red card. Um, before the red card, he was an absolute liability. Uh, we were probably better off when he went off um, just because we weren't losing the ball so much on that right-hand side um, and Chambers came on and did a, a much better job. So, yeah, as I said, he's going to find it very, very difficult to get his spot back once once Ballerin's back in the team. Um, and that might be the last we see of Ainsley in the Premier League for a, a little while. Uh, so one for him. Um, Socrates, originally I gave a seven, but then as I was watching the game back, um, that dive he did where he was sort of leaning his head on Wesley's leg and then goes down clutching his face was just embarrassing. Um, there were a few moments like that during the game where we were almost trying to rope the, the ref into giving cards. Um, and it's not something that you want to see, especially from one of your leaders. Um, so he, his mark got down, knocked down from a 7 to a 6. Um, apart from that, a pretty solid performance, actually. Uh, he wasn't at fault for either of the goals. He defended pretty well. Um, against a, a big number nine in Wesley, who was pretty good. Um, but all in all, he, Socrates was fine. Um, Louise, also a six. Uh, his distribution at times wasn't the best. Um, and then, obviously, the, the second goal, he was marginally at fault for. Um, so a, a six for him. Kolasinac, I thought, was one of our better players on the day. Um, it's interesting listening to, to Twitter and a, a bit of media around Arsenal. Um, a lot of people aren't happy with him at the moment. Uh, but personally, I think he's doing a very, very good job. 
uh, filling that left back position. He's not a left back, he's a left wing back. His defensive mindset isn't quite there, um, but he's definitely doing a job for us at the moment. And the amount of times that the ball got spread out to that right wing, even when he was caught out of position, that he, he ran back, made that recovery run, won the ball back, may have pushed one of their players out of the way, and then started an attack for us going the other way. It was just, just brilliant. Um, and going forward, he also offers a lot. Um, and you can also see in games like today where uh, the mentality of the players really sits. You have some players like Genduzi, Kalasinac, Abamiang, and you can see it on their faces how much they want to win um, and how much it really means to them. The players actually care. Um, and Kalasinac was a, a prime example of that. He was in and out everything during the game and uh, really pushed us forward when, it, when we needed it and created a few chances. Uh, his crossing obviously needs some work. Um, but also I think when, when Tierney comes back, we won't see a lot of him in the Premier League either. Um, Xhaka, a six. Um, he wasn't great, wasn't terrible. Uh, personally, I thought he was lucky to stay on the pitch. We, we won a free kick uh, in the second half where um, Xhaka kind of lost the ball then went in for a tackle and we won a free kick out of it. But Xhaka's actually gone over the ball and, and stomped on the other guy's foot. So he was lucky not to get his second yellow there. Um, his first yellow was just a bit of laziness, to be honest. Uh, it happens a lot. He gets caught out of position. He's not athletic enough to get back and and recover, um, so he just makes cheap little fouls, which might get him in a bit of trouble further down the season. Uh, but he might be losing his spot quite soon, uh, the way that some of the younger players in that midfield are going. Uh, Ganduzi gets a, a 9.999, um, almost a perfect performance. He really drove the team forward. He had a couple of shots. There was one where he hit the bar, um, and just came back off the keeper's hand, went out for a corner. Um, he created the the goal for Chambers with a, a brilliant cross, um, and then won the penalty for the first goal. So he's he's had an absolute ripper performance. Um, you can see that he just wants the ball. When it goes back to Leno, he's the first one clapping his hands, wanting the ball, saying, "Give it to me. I'm going to drive it forward because I'm better than anyone else in this team." And at the moment, he nearly hits. He's done absolutely brilliantly recently. Now, Danny Ceballos. Probably a 7 out of 10 performance from him. Nothing that you write home about, but also nothing terrible. Um, he did create a little bit. Uh, I like it with him and Gendouzi in the same midfield because when either of them gets the ball, it's going forward. There's very little pass it to the centre-backs, get it back, pass it to the other centre-backs. It's, it's almost every time he gets it, turn and go. Um, and he did pretty well. He was a little bit unlucky to get subbed off, uh, but then the substitutions obviously worked, so... Um, that's all right. He, he gets a seven for the day. Uh, I think Pepe also gets a seven. Uh, he scored the penalty. He created a couple of other chances, but he wasn't instrumental in the win. Um, it's, he seems to be just sort of finding his feet in the Premier League a little bit at the moment. Uh, but if he's finding his feet scoring goals, then that's very, very okay with me. Um, Saka gets a six. Um, he was very, very unlucky to get to get subbed. And it's Maitland-Niles' fault that he did. No fault of his own. His first half was quite good. Uh, like I said, he created that cross for Maitland-Niles where he should have scored, so maybe him and Ainsley won't have the best relationship for the next couple of days because he costs Sakharis an assist and then gets him subbed off. Um, and then I think Aubameyang gets an 8 out of 10. Um, I think it was very, very good that he gave the penalty up for Pepe. Um, could have had a double on the day. Uh, the free kick obviously was brilliant, but then for the rest of the day, he, he drove the ball forward. He was receiving the ball sometimes in wide areas, um, there was a stage in the first half where he and Saka actually swapped. Saka was playing through the middle of the ground um, 
and Aubameyang's come out wide to that left. He's picked up the ball and made a few good driving runs. Um, so he gets an 8. The subs, Callum Chambers gets a 7. Um, he, had a, he had a really good game personally. Um, I think he's he'd almost get an 8 out of 10, but he's, he's costly touch for that second goal. Uh, probably cost him a little bit there and definitely cost us with them getting the goal. Uh, but apart from that, he was brilliant. His defensive tackling was very, very good. Uh, got forward a few times, won the ball. Uh, I think aerially he's a lot better than Maitland Niles is um, and then a little bit more comfortable on the ball going forward. Um, so he gets a seven. And then Torreira and, and Willock uh, both get sixes. I thought when they came on, their, their intensity was quite good, uh, but they didn't do anything exceptional. Um, I think Torreira's been a bit unlucky recently. Um, he's just... He's being played a little bit out of position. Um, I don't think he's a, an attacking midfielder at all. I think he needs to sit at the base of the, the midfield and just sort of sit in front of that back four and just win tackles, distribute the ball to players like Sabios and Granduzzi, um, and then they can just let us go forward. So he and Willock both get sixes for the day. Um, and then that's all for all of us. Um, so all in all, a good result. Um, I think at this stage of the year, it's, it's literally just getting results that matters. Uh, you get the three points on the board um, and then you move on to the next week because there's a few teams around us that, that haven't been getting those results. Um, Tottenham had a, a terrible result against Leicester during the, week, during the weekend. Um, and then you've got other teams, Chelsea losing to Liverpool, um, United losing to West Ham, um, and Man City had a win. Um, but there are a few teams around that mark, the, the Chelsea Uniteds and Tottenham's of the world, um, who have been dropping points. So if we can keep keep going, keep getting three points, even if we lose a man, have to play drama-filled football for 90 minutes, but get away with the win, that's all that really matters at the moment because we're sitting, sitting fourth, uh, equal third at the moment with Leicester, uh, just behind on goal difference. So... A couple of results this weekend could make a big difference to the table. If if we were to somehow beat United, we'd go to 14 points, um, and they'd be sitting on eight. So you've got two games ahead of them, um, just seven games into the season, which would be absolutely huge. Um, and looking at the table as well, there's a, f- a few surprises in there. Um, Everton sitting on just six points after six games, and Wolves on four points after six games is just crazy because I, I don't think many people would have expected that, to be honest. Um, so we look forward, we look ahead, um, Wednesday, Australian time, we've got Nottingham Forest at 4.45. It'll be interesting to see the lineup that gets put out. Um, you'd imagine there'd be a few youngsters in, in Reese Nelson and Joe Willock and maybe Saka uh, getting a run. Um, and then a few experienced players like Baller and Tierney holding, um, just getting some minutes into their legs. Uh, but what we do at centre forward will be very interesting because... Apart from Abamyang, there's not a lot that we can play up there. Um, Pepe can play up top on his own, but he's also just played a full 90 minutes. So no, that'll be an interesting one for Emery to do. It's almost like sending Eddie out on loan wasn't the best move in the world because um, it's times like these where you really need him. Um, but then you look at it and you're like, well, you've got Abamyang, and like I said, he's not going to get a huge amount of minutes. Uh, but times like this through the years is when you'd really need him. Uh, that's all from today, from my uh, follow-up pod to the, the 3-2 win over Aston Villa. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, it's at DownUnderAFC. Um, and yeah, I'll be 
putting out a few more podcasts over the next few weeks as we as we go through a, an abundance of fixtures with uh, cup games, Europa League, Premier League, all going on. Um, and that's all for me today. So thanks for listening and, and have a nice day.